Hello and uh, welcome back to this week's episode with my guest Rahila Khan. We have been discussing about leadership, the power in leadership, authority in leadership, and as well as knowing how and when to secure that power that you have towards leadership that we also wish to have. And today with my guest, we are going to go into the real meaning of leadership and <coughs> As the say goes, Rahila is a leader who's practicing leadership of love. And we cannot miss to define the real meaning of leadership in love and how it becomes part of a person. How does one become a leader? And lastly, we must also understand how we can see that leadership in others. So welcome to this episode this week, uh, Rahila. Really good morning to you, uh, afternoon, good evening, whatever time it is globally. Really warm greetings to everyone that's tuning in today. Thank you so much, Jongara, for this wonderful opportunity yet again to be sharing with you. It's, it's, it's wonderful from our side, Rahila, and we really appreciate you every week taking this opportunity to be with us at I Want to Upgrade Your Podcast, and uh, we appreciate you being here, Rahila. So going straight away to what we are discussing today, Rahila, last week we discussed about, the last two weeks we've been discussing about the power. And we saw how one can secure power and how one can use that power as a leader. So this week we are trying to get into the real meaning of leadership. What is leadership and how does one show leadership of love, Rahila? Thank you. Those are wonderful questions. You know, so often on LinkedIn, um, I get new connections, meeting new people, and so often I'm asked, you're doing something so fascinating, but I don't understand what what it is. It's it's like so new, you know. It is kind of new age in a way, but love is as old as the hills as we know it to be. To begin with, what is leadership? Um, From my understanding of being an entrepreneur, uh, doing entrepreneurship training, uh, being mentored by some of the best entrepreneurs in South Africa and globally, and working with different people across the board, as it were, I met people of all ages as well. And for me, what stood out is that we do not need titles in leadership. Um, I believe every person has great talents, abilities, skills, to be the best that they can be. Because we see it even in kids today. Um, You know, a nine-year-old could be leading the world in doing a project uh, based on fundraising. Or um, somebody else may have a gift of dancing or whatever it is. And it starts at a very early age, actually, when we look at all these gifts that God has given us. And so much depends also on parents in how we raise our children. And therefore, for me, I made it top priority when I revisited my business four years ago after working for 10 years with parents, especially parents and children. But I spent my whole life because, as you know, I've come from the classroom. And with working with parents and children, I found that it's such a gift of first of all being a parent, but also how a child could teach us so many things in leadership. If only adults are willing to listen to children, 
children have a lot to teach us because if you look globally now, there are so many different talent shows um, where children are showcased and their talents are amazing. So they're already leading through their innate potential in what their gifts are, whether it's playing a piano or dancing mm-hmm. or whatever it is, we see leadership in that way. However, we also have, like Richard Branson, we have John F. Dr. Martini. we have um, globally you're looking at Bill Gates, we're looking at these entrepreneurs as well who are billionaires in their own right. And having that millionaire, billionaire mindset makes them exceptional leaders in how they teach us to acquire wealth and how to come into financial freedom. I'm sure you've read the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad, where Robert Kiyosaki takes parents through that. And I think these are leadership skills. Um, remember in last week's episode, I also shared that it's so good to get a mentor for yourself. And these are the mentors you could look at in the world. And today, at the click of a button on Google, you can get the best kind of training, information, guidance in leadership. And once you know yourself, I'm going to go deeper into that in a bit. And once we, you know, we spoke about the power within, once we access our own latent genius um, coming from our wisdom filters of our DNA, I'm not talking about the negative part of what our ancestral lineage gave us, I speak about wisdom filters as in what really gets you going every day? What is your passion? And I know lots of people talk about how passionate they are about doing certain things. And yet Mm -hmm. they don't know how to because the programming is so thick and fast in how we have to earn money, how we have to take care of our kids, our family. So it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. And so often that gift of our passion gets lost. You know, we get so snowed under with other things. So coming back to what is leadership of love, leadership of love uh, for me is the gist and foundation of leadership through my own experience of working with children, working with moms and children and children and parents in the classroom and outside of school. And what I discovered is that through my private practice and using NLP work, that we, it is safe to look within us. So often we are not taught that. We're always taught to look outside of self. Even if we have to earn money, we're always looking at how somebody else can give us a job. How can somebody else do something for us? In that way, we give our power away without realizing it. But if you take a moment, and this is the gift that God has given me from working with parents and children especially, is it is absolutely safe to look within us, is to be still, is to be silent. And when we look within us, the first thing we ask ourselves, what kind of thoughts are we having? You know, if you're looking at our body, what signals our body giving us in terms of the sensations that we feel? As you know, we can engage in our five senses, but let's look at the feeling. You know, sometimes we wake up not feeling so good. And the secret is not to straight away go to your medicine cabinet, cabinet and look for some kind of medication that would give you a quick fix. You know, there's no band-aid, there's no magic bullet in life. So yes, that tablet will give you relief from a headache or a backache or whatever it is. 
for me, what it comes down to in leadership of love is to sit still, go inwardly and look at what is causing this pain in my body. What thought did I have yesterday, the whole year? And like I shared in my previous episode, we carry the same thoughts from yesterday, from 2019, from 30 million years ago. So that doesn't help or change anything. So that is a starting point, is understanding your biology. Mm-hmm. In understanding your biology, you will come to a place of understanding what's going on physically in your body. The next one, um, John Gora, is relationships. We've got to look at the relationship, but relationships start with us. In how we were taught to have relationships, for example, with our parents. And so often we always see this generation gap or we see the discord and disharmony in families. And we ask ourselves, why is this? You know, I sat with a very amazing, wise mystic. And something he shared with us, there were 1,500 delegates at this event. And I was amazed how one person could hold the embrace for 1,500 delegates in teaching us how to release all our toxic past, how to come through our illnesses and so forth. And, And something he said which stuck, he said, if we can heal our relationships with our parents and our siblings and our immediate family, all our relationships after that will be beautiful. And it makes perfect sense because when we look at relationships so often, when we're in a relationship with a partner, we feel so smothered. Mm. We feel like so controlled or we can't be ourselves because we've always been told what to do or we've always been criticized. And, and when we look at it, it's a programming that we're carrying learned behavior coming from how our parents treated us, how our grandparents treated us what stories did they tell us about people and relationships and this is very critical john gora is that we become so conditioned to Mm -hmm. self when we hate everything about ourselves we don't see anything good in ourselves we're always looking for the flaws um how fat i am how thin i am or how bad somebody is treating me But if we are not treating ourselves well, how do you expect somebody else to treat you well? It's just not going to work. So it always starts with ourselves. It's the same with our finances. We can get angry. We can get sad. We can feel depressed. We feel deprived. But these are all the stories, again, that somebody told us and we believed it to be true. We are not doing our own self-introspection, our self-reflection, self-investigation of everything. If we sit back and we pay attention to all these stories, you'll actually see there's not a single emotion, thought or story that is your own. You took on somebody else's story about who you should be, what you should think, what grades you should be getting, uh, what career path you must follow. And Mm -hmm. that is the height of dysfunctionality. You know, I work a lot with parents and children and so often we find they are forced to into prayer, they're forced to go to church, and the children just literally switch off because parents sound like a broken record and they don't mm-hmm. want that anymore. Because when they look at you, 
they look at you and they say, but how is religion serving you when you can be so mean to your own child? Why should I even believe there's a God or a higher frequency energy or vibration of infinite intelligence for those of us who do not believe in God to tell me I should believe in that because look at who you are as a leader. And children then come to a, to a place of total rebellion. And this is a sorry state of our society today. Where have we gone wrong? But if we as parents, from the moment we conceive a child, we give all the love to the child, where we give positive messaging to just the beautiful bundle of cells. And science has shown that every cell in our body has intelligence. Every cell in our body has cell receptors. The cell receptors stay open like this to receive all the chemicals that are there, natural chemicals of the, endo uh, the beta endorphins, the dopamine, which is the motivational hormone, the serotonin, again, is the feel-good hormone. Then we have insulin. But what mm -hmm. happens from the time of conception, if parents are having continuous arguments or you are in a negative environment of grief or struggle or whatever, instead mm -hmm. of the staying open to receiving all these chemicals, it literally shuts down. And all those toxins that are there gets passed on to all the new cells. And that is where conditioning and learned behavior is passed on from generation to generation to generation without us even realizing what a single negative thought can do. So can you see from a place of leadership of love how important self-awareness is? Mm -hmm. yes. I am aware coming into my biology of my every thought that I, I conceived a child and I need to nurture this child in a bubble of light. That I'm only going to pass positive messages. I'm going to pass on positive vibrations to this new human that's coming into the world. I will be so honoring of its soul that I will only speak sweet words. Mm-hmm. What kind of human would we give birth to? We'll give birth to the most amazing God-like human. Can you see that? So the, this is where leadership of love comes in. For me, my case studies have shown me this from working with moms who were pregnant or those who didn't know me before who had a child, gave birth and went into postnatal depression. And when we unpacked the sequence of events going to the person's childhood, we found the patterns there of what happened when their mother was pregnant with them. It's mm -hmm. the same for man and the woman. So these are the things we pass on to children. So, you know, all these illnesses can be treated. There's so much information available to, to navigate around these things. Nobody should be sick. Nobody should be ill because we have the tools. We have information at our disposal. Uh, you know, in the 21st century, going mm -hmm. forward, so much information. Previously, our ancestral lineage didn't have that. If somebody had mental illness, you were just put into an institution or an asylum and just left there. Mm -hmm. People visit you, but the people would just label you as insane or mad. And that's how it was in days gone by. Today, it's different. It's, you know, it's, it's, how, yeah. I carry on, John Bora. It's it's truly yeah. I was just trying to 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 support that that today things have changed in twenty first century, whereby 
at least we have something for everyone. Uh, we don't just like, uh, you know, put people in groups and, uh, you know, like seclude them. There is a way in how we can help even those who are weak. We can help them because technology is advanced and so many things are becoming easier than uh, handle to handle than it was before. So I really understand how well you are defining uh, the term leadership and also how leadership of love is, you know, reflected when someone or somebody like me is, uh, you know, is performing a leadership role. So the, the biggest question that I would like to put uh, in between these two questions is, uh, how does one, you know, become a leader? Particularly, how will I know that right now I am also a leader? Because this is the biggest question that most of us don't understand. Because we can define how one becomes a leader but then now, who is that leader? How do we know that that's the leader, Rahila? Yes. You see, again, it comes back to you going back within yourself, right? And, and um, you know, I think it was Caroline who posted this week about mm-hmm. uh, uh, communication. What do we do to get people to communicate, you know, to speak out? Because not everyone can, right? It's the same yes. with the lead. It's the same thing. So when we look deeper in ourselves, we start investigating. And remember I was telling you the other, the, the last episode where we write things on a page or a chalkboard. And it's important mm-hmm. to write these things. And therefore, it's so good to have a golden book or a journal. It's your own personal journal where you write things down. So if I had to write down, I, I, if I tell you I was the most, uh, I lack so much self-esteem, self-worth, confidence. And people thought I was so confident because at school I could address the assembly with 1,500 learners and a staff of 60. Or if it was a parents' meeting, I could address the parents and, and the principal and everyone thought that I'm very confident. Actually, I was not because I was literally shivering in my pants, you know, every time I had to go because I had to prep myself up to go up and speak. And, and that is not confidence. When you are in that space of feeling so weak and vulnerable, you, you're looking inwardly for your strength, but you're prepping yourself up in, in mind talk to get you up on stage to do something. Actually, I was not very confident because I had to prepare and, and you know, your mind will make all these stories and whatever, but I did it anyway. It's only when I began doing the inner transformational work on myself, I realized how I lacked self-worth, self-esteem. As a kid, I was, I lacked so much self-esteem. I actually wanted to be someone else. I couldn't even resonate in my own body. If people told me as a teenager going into university that you are so beautiful, my God, you are just so beautiful, I couldn't accept it. It would just go over the top of my head. I never accepted compliments, no matter what anyone told me, because I never believed that I was beautiful. Yet my dad would always tell me, you belong on the big movie screen. That's how much faith my dad had in me. You know, he said, you should be a movie star. Mm -hmm. And in school, people would say, you're in the wrong profession. You should be a model. And I'd look at them and think, you're mad. I can't do that. Can you see what I did? So most people are in that space because of what happened to us as children. We didn't know how to stand up for ourselves. When parents were busy fighting, 
what did we do? We just cringed and sat in a corner. We felt defeated. We felt defenseless when either parent was being abused by someone or they doing it to themselves for that matter. So when we, when we, when we unpack all of that, you'll see where you took it on, where you didn't have the inner resourceful state to do something as a kid because we'd lack those inequalities. And that's why the reframing in NLP work is so good. Because if you have to do a change memory, I would see Rahila sitting at the table <clears throat> as, for an example, as an example. And I would sit there and I'd look at my younger you and I'd say, oh my God, I'm so sorry that you went through all that hurt and pain. I'm so sorry that you couldn't help mom or dad at the time when they were struggling financially. I am so sorry I couldn't help my brother who was sick <clears throat> so my mom could have a rest. I didn't have those inner resourceful state. So what I can do when I'm doing the introspection now and in my present day me, I can reframe that younger you and say, I'm sorry, I forgive you. I love you. And you have all the skills in the world to stand up, mm-hmm. you know, and give that younger you a voice to speak and say, Regula, you have effective communication. God wants you to speak. God is giving you a voice. So that inner child gets a reframing, can you see? And then when you start believing that, instantaneously you you get new neural pathways in your brain, which gives that messaging to your entire body. And that's where you start becoming more and more confident and you won't attract that kind of thing in the workplace or any any relationship that you are having. Because wow. in a toxic relationship with, with uh, younger people, they will bring father and mother into their present relationship. Because the moment there's a trigger, the moment there's a trigger, you're going to be reactive. That old reptilian brain will come and you'll want to chew the other person alive. Don't mess with me, you know. <laughs> so we do that. We do that in our love relationships. And these are love languages that we learn of what not to do and how to speak more effectively, you know, that we reframe it. And therefore, for me, love is the greatest human need and love can transmute any negativity. Wonderful. Oh, wow. That's a very brilliant and uh, sweetly said, Rahila. And I also agree with that. Love is everything and love can do. You know, it is said love is the only uh Price that can buy your enemy. So, Rahila, I'll just take a short break. And after this break, we are going to look at to come into knowing how we can see leadership in others. Uh, because we have explained, we have understood uh, what leadership is and how you can express leadership of love and how one becomes a leader and especially a leader with total love. We have also, you know, seen how you can identify yourself as a leader, what you need to do. And it is just self-acceptance and what we talked about last episode. So it's about all about self-love and self-appreciation. So let's take a short break, Rahila. And when we come back, we are going to see how we can see leadership in others.
Okay. So, right. genre, remember in the last episode, I spoke about creating a matrix. And that matrix is creating a future you of how exactly you want to be. So, assuming I'm a singer, and we see this all the time with all these talent shows that you see on TV globally, right? Like America's Got Talent, for example, or South Africa's Got Talent. Mm-hmm. Who are the kinds of people you would find in that group? You will find musicians, you will find other singers, you will find uh, celebrities, you would find all kinds of raw talent and very cultured talent, correct? And this is how you thrive in it. So one leader who is an emerging leader will find the more seasoned leaders. Even a child could be the most seasoned leader because he's so good at playing the piano and he can teach somebody, you know, he can even teach quite a seasoned uh, musician or piano player how to hit couple notes or whatever. So can you see it's a mirror image. So for me in who I am, I'm seeing a leader in you because we're learning and we're teaching from each other from the time we met. Can you see that? And therefore there's a certain synergy with leadership. And it's the same on LinkedIn. For example, I'm going to use LinkedIn as an example, where you would meet the most amazing people and there are certain people out of a thousand, you'll you'll hit it off with 10. And those 10 become the foundation and the platform for who you engage with, <laughs> whom you're learning with, who is, your me- who is your mentor. So that becomes a benchmark for what it is you're putting out in your matrix is what will come to you. So when I was in my own business of teaching entrepreneurship for over 20 years. We're teaching entrepreneurship training to 13-year-olds right up to 80-year-olds in South Africa. And because I was in that business field of entrepreneurship, I've met the most amazing entrepreneurs in, in, in South Africa because that's where my energy and focus was. So in my matrix, I put out, I want to meet these people who who will teach me about business, who will teach me what I need to know about entrepreneurship. And that is what has led me to be where I am. So that's one component of that. The other for me in entrepreneurship was leadership of love or leadership as in the spirit of entrepreneurship is finding myself. The self-empowerment component made the difference of who I am. And that became my strength and that became my sense of expertise when I was co-presenting with my business associate. She was very good at business aspect. I became the expert in teaching the inner spirit of a person and how to access the power, exactly what I'm sharing with you. So that is where you find your strengths and you build upon it. And that is how you will attract other people just like yourself. And that is how you make your business grow. It's all about relationships. So the first relationship is the relationship with self. Who I am, what are my strengths, what are my passion, uh, how do I want to be tomorrow? Um, If today you're having a negative thought, you don't want to have the same negative thought tomorrow. So you're going to, in your matrix, say, I'm only going to have positive thoughts going forward about my business in how I earn money in the kinds of people I want to show up. And that is a very strong message put out into the universe that it becomes uh, a silent prayer which has wings almost. 
Imagine my prayer had wings and I sent it to Bahrain and today I'm talking to him. <laughs> John <laughs> That's a beautiful example. <laughs> Absolutely, I'll tell you why. Because five to six years ago, I began recording my CDs about all the work that I've done. I was talking about emotional and spiritual intelligence and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And in there, in that matrix, five years ago, I put out, I want to take my work out globally. I want to send positive messages out globally. I did it in South Africa. I want to share it with the rest of the world. And in there, I wrote in my golden book, I want to meet the most amazing people who will pass my sharing of my of my knowledge and wisdom to everyone out there. That's what I'm saying. So I never knew I'm going to meet someone like you, Anradha, mm-hmm. and most of other people mm-hmm. via technology. And who thought of LinkedIn? You know, I was on LinkedIn many years ago, but I never was active as it were, even on Facebook. Mm-hmm. However, because my energy and focus is there as a leader. Who am I meeting? I'm meeting the most extraordinary leaders like yourself. You may be younger than me, but you have a lot of wisdom. Through your technology and your wisdom of technology, you're allowing this to happen. I'm absolutely rubbish with technology, but I'm learning. I'm still learning. And uh, at my age, I think I'm great. You know, I give my pat on the back because I'm making an effort with technology to learn to be better. You know, my son is even amazed. He says, Mom, the things you know about technology, I don't even know, you know. And I show him certain things that are happening on LinkedIn with you, with Anrana. He's amazed. And, and that is what life is about. It's about leadership in how we can share. How can we uplift everyone? What can I do to uplift everyone? What can I do so you become the best? Mm-hmm. I mm-hmm. want that. One. And that's why I always exude that on LinkedIn. Even if I'm, you know, sharing a post or commenting on somebody's post, there must be a powerful message that even one word will make an impact on someone. I, I'm not about the likes and, and growing and being that influencer. I'm not about mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Right? Because for me, I learned how to be an influencer and I teach this and I always comment even on other people's post about who are influencers is for me to be the best, how to win and influence myself, my children, my family first. Who cares about the rest of the world when you hide it dysfunctional in your home? Children will look at you and say you're the biggest joke. Mm. Because you don't spend time with me, you don't teach me anything, yet you teach the whole world. Mm-hmm. So what's the point of life? If you don't start, charity begins at home. That's leadership. Cool. That is why I teach home-based leadership the most. Because I've seen the difference with all my clients from the time they were pregnant with the babies until they get up to these children and they're growing to seeing them to becoming graduates now, I've seen what amazing leaders they are to have parents like this. And the parents in taking leadership of love, home-based leadership, they took it into the businesses and they nurturing the employees the way they would nurture their own children. And that is what leadership is of love is about. Therefore, on my profile, I have leadership of love in self first, Family next, mm-hmm. then business, then education, 
and healthcare. I work a lot with doctors who refer lots of their patients to me. And in this way, we empower them to have better options in life in how to manage illness and disease and how to give your life, your, 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 your longer shelf life as it were. What can you put in there to give you a longer shelf life? What, what are the missing ingredients? And so often the missing ingredient is love. Mm-hmm. People love themselves enough so they want to be ill and sick because that's a story you want to give yourself. Why do you want your body to be ill and diseased? You have a choice to eat better, to exercise, to do yoga, to just breathe properly. Then you love yourself. Then what happens? You start feeling confident about yourself. Your self-image grows. Your self-esteem grows because you become the walking, talking biology. You walk the talk and you talk the talk. As who would believe? Who would believe I'm talking about well-being if I'm not looking good? Mm-hmm. I'm not walking my walk and talking the talk. Nobody's going to believe me. That's so absolutely it, right. It has to be in alignment. If whatever you're teaching, you've got to embrace yourself. I got to practice it. I got to teach it from my own experience. And that is the greatest leadership for me. And that is what I'd like to teach children and others to do and become, is to go back to the drawing board, look at yourself. Everything that you're seeking outside yourself in health, wealth, and prosperity is already within you. Because when you start loving yourself, miracles happen. Because your body becomes a miracle. Every new cell you have takes on a new message of love. So all your cells will resonate love. <laughs> that's that's beautifully put, uh, Rahila. And uh, I so agree with you. So just taking you back again to to our last question of how we can see leadership in others. How does it reflect? Like, for example, uh, I am a leader. How yes. will that leadership in me reflect to others? And how will my how will I appreciate that the leadership in me is reflecting in in Rahila or reflecting in somebody else outside there? How does leadership reflect back? Um. It's what you see in yourself, you will see in others, or what you're not seeing in yourself, you'll see in others. It's like this love affair. Let's look at a couple, right? When somebody sees somebody and they think they've fallen in love with that person, what is it that you're seeing in that someone, right? Um, you're, seeing, uh, you're seeing somebody who's kind, who's compassionate, who's whatever, right? And that resonates with you. But the only reason you're seeing that in someone is because you're not seeing it in yourself. So therefore they say the romantic love affair is just infatuation. It can't be real love. Mm -hmm. Because you won't seek anything in someone else if you have it within you. So it's the same with, with the leader. So often we want to be like Oprah Winfrey. For me, I was totally infatuated with Oprah Winfrey. For 10 years, I watched a program every day. And then when I I had this dream of I want to be like, I want to meet her, I want to share with her what we're doing, until she came to South Africa. And I thanked my sister so dearly. She booked tickets for us to go to her show where there were over 6,000 people. And like we were sitting eight rows from the front 
and there's Oprah on stage. And like, everyone's just gone wild. We're like, wow, you know? And there comes Oprah on stage, absolutely African, in her natural state of being African. And the first thing she said when she got onto stage, anyone sitting here can look exactly like me on the cover of any magazine if you have 12 stylists. This is me. This is Oprah in a raw state with no makeup, just a normal hair and a beautiful yellow dress. And she said, nobody must strive to be like me. You be yourself. You have the potential. And I sat there and in that moment, three minutes into a program, I truly got what she was saying. And the infatuation immediately dropped because I came to realize I'm no different to her in reaching millions of people out there, mm -hmm. which I'm doing anyway. So what makes it different? It's just that everyone wants to be rich. Everyone wants to have that lifestyle, but it's a lot of hard work. It's not easy. So when you start looking at that, when you take responsibility, you will stop being someone else. You will take all the good things about Oprah Winfrey, her hard work, her talent for being a brilliant journalist, her talent and her sharing of her past. And she often made reference to her past and the healing that happened coming from her traumatic experiences as a child, as a woman, to who she became. And I began looking at myself and I began doing, following the same steps. However, I am a celebrity in my own right because I love who I am and I'm not there to be liked by anyone or to have a, to be a celebrity as in that way. I just want to be me. You either like me, what you see is what you get. And whoever acknowledges me in whatever I teach, great. If you feel you don't get it, it's also great because there's different strokes for different folks. So you'll meet different leaders mm -hmm. who will reflect back to you who you are and who you not are, you know, who you are not. And that's where you fill in the gaps, John Gora. You, you, you know, you make a complete assessment of yourself in the comparison must come from a positive intent, not a negative intent of putting you down and thinking, wow, they better than me. You see, you got to get the balance right. From zero, if you look at your head, zero to mm -hmm. 10 right hand, zero to 10 negative on your left. So that's a ruler. That should be every time come to zero and say zero to 10, I love myself. I have all these qualities. Mm -hmm. And okay, the, the scale is this way. How can I bring the scale there? Then you start working on your weaknesses and you bring it into balance. That's all there is to life. It's bringing, it's getting the balance right. You did it for yourself, John Gora, in where you are right now. Mm -hmm. You look at this, you, you took good advice from different leaders, different mentors, and that's why you're absolutely winging it today. And with every, every day, we're going to get better in what we do. Can you see that's that? So lovely. That's a powerful message I want to put out there today. How can I be better than yesterday? That's what is good leadership. That's where you lead by example. People start believing you because mm -hmm. you're better than yesterday. Yesterday you were angry and you didn't say sorry. Today you're saying sorry. Wow. See, you're better than yesterday. See, the little things make a difference. 
the smallest things makes the biggest difference, but only through your own self-realization. I can teach and teach and teach, but if you don't come to your own self-realization, mm-hmm. you can listen to all the podcasts in the world, you can watch all the TV shows and programs, go for all the self-help uh, workshops or read all the books, but if you're not implementing it, it's wasted. Mm-hmm. They always teach, if I read a book, I immediately implement what I learned from it. What's the point otherwise? It's lost. <laughs> now, That's a great word. (laughs) Seriously, that's where most people go wrong as a leader. For me, being a leader is whatever I learn, I immediately implement it. Somewhere. But I start with myself. It always starts with self. You take action, only you can do it. No one else can do it. That is what leadership is. When you're looking in terms of how you view other leaders. Why are other leaders so good? Because they mm-hmm. take action every day. You can't want to be like somebody, sit on your bed the entire day on your couch, and in your mind you're hoping to be that. It'll never happen. To be a leader, it takes whole 20 yards of working on yourself, continuously, consistently working on yourself. That's what makes great leaders. Powerful, Rahila. Very, very powerful. And uh, I can't add more nor subtra- subtract less, Rahila. It's, it's been a wonderful talk uh, this morning. And just in summary, we have learned so many things about what leadership is and how you can relate that to leadership of love, how uh, one can become a great leader in love, and also how we can see leadership in others, Rahila. So, um, I would just like us to summarize uh, by allowing you to give uh, your last parting shot, which is the advice that you can give in summarizing the topic of today. What is leadership, Rahila? You know, hashtag love, care, nurture. That's my hashtag. Love, care, nurture. Oh, wow. Love, care, nurture. I feel leadership, there, for me, there has been a huge paradigm shift which I've taken into businesses here and, of course, to my private clients as well, even in the home, which I feel is so needed now uh, as compared to the top-down, bottom-up approach. I believe in the halo, which we call, you know, it's a circle, the halo. And if you have concentric circles, it starts with the inner circle of influence. And it will start with the owner of the business, the CEO, and then you've got managers, supervisors, and your other staff. Can you see with the halo, rather than the organogram being top down, the halo mm-hmm. works for me because there's transparency, there's openness, and there's fluidity from one circle to the others. And that's what I teach in business, so that the energy flows from the heart center and it goes, filters out. From the owner of the business, it filters right down to the tea lady or whoever else is in the business. And when we can have that softer approach, that's the greatest leadership because there's, you're an open book. What you see is what you get. The person that you are at home is the same person that you are in the workplace. There's no split personality. There's no schizophrenia, as it were. You're one and the same, and that's being authentic. 
Thank you so much for choosing One Talk Podcast and listening to today's message. I hope you subscribe not to miss any episode that comes each and every week. We'll drop it right here to inspire not only you, but the world over. One Talk, the world unites. <laughs>